Welcome to the School of Wellbeing podcast. I am your host, Meg Durham, wellbeing speaker, educator, and coach. Together, we're going to explore lessons to help us live well. Let the learning begin. Welcome to episode 45 of the School of Wellbeing podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope this conversation inspires you to take the next step on your wellbeing journey. I'm thrilled to announce that my first live event will be Thursday the 18th of August in Melbourne at Serotonin in Richmond. The night will include a live presentation, question and answer, book giveaways and lots of laughs. I cannot wait to create this space for you to connect, share, laugh and learn with other big-hearted humans. All the details for the show will be in the show notes. Let's jump into today's solo episode. Expectations. Expectations have a sneaky way of moving in and shaping the way we feel, function, and relate to others. So I have recorded this solo episode to provide you with the skills, strategies, and support to manage your expectations in a way that leads you towards more joy and connection. In this episode, we will explore the gap between our expectations and our reality, how we set ourselves and others up for failure, practical ways to navigate reality as it is, and so much more. I hope you'll enjoy this solo episode. Managing expectations. Expectations have a significant impact on the way that we feel, the way that we function, and the way that we relate to others. So when it comes to managing expectations, what can we do to manage them with a little bit more compassion and a little bit more maturity in the sense that life never goes to plan? Life doesn't work out the way that we had hoped. When our mind thinks about the future, it doesn't think about the nitty-gritty details. It just thinks about how fantastic. So as an example, when we were in primary school, going into secondary school, we're just thinking about how fantastic. There's new opportunities, new uniform, new space, new teachers. This is going to be so good. And then you get to secondary school and you realize, whoa, there's this whole new level of issue, of drama, of things that I've never navigated before and I need to navigate it. But we're not thinking about that six months before. It's like when we have a baby, when we're pregnant and thinking about it, we're thinking about the birth, what's going to happen, the labor. And the reality is that happens. And then we've got this child to look after for the rest of our lives. And there's so many details that we just don't know because perspective is a function of experience. The more experiences we have, the more perspective we have, and the more perspective we have, the better we are at managing expectations because we're in line with reality. When it comes to managing expectations, we need to think about the gap. The gap that I'm talking about is the gap between our expectations of how life should be, how we should be, how others should be, and our reality. What is actually happening? What is the evidence showing us? And learning to navigate this gap is such a skill because this gap can lead us to disconnection, resentment, bitterness, disappointment if we're constantly in this space where our reality isn't matching up and our expectations are never met. So how can we bridge this gap? How can we bring it closer so we can experience more joy and connection? Because every choice we make has a significant impact. Every choice we make moves us towards thriving or away from it. Because the way that I understand well-being is the way that we feel, 
impacts the way that we function and the way that we function impacts the way that we relate to others. So when we're feeling good, when we're rested, when we've been exercising, when our battery is charged, we're functioning well, we're making good decisions, we can move through discomfort, we can make the decision that is going to benefit us in the long run, not just thinking about survival. And when we're functioning well, it's much easier to be in relationship with other people. It's much easier to tolerate other people, to lean into difficult conversations, to be present to other people's complaints and just be present with other people. And we also know the reverse is true, that when we're not feeling very good, when we're feeling pretty crappy and our battery is depleted, functioning becomes impaired. It's really hard to make decisions. We start to spin our wheels. We start to procrastinate, start to do all the things that are unhelpful. And then relationships, well, relationships, let's just forget them because it's so hard to be in relationship when we're not feeling good and we're not functioning well. Relationships take a lot of energy and that's why you notice people withdrawing away when they're not feeling so good because relationships just become hard. Or when we're stressed and under pressure and we're really pushed for time and we're in that zone of performance or perfection or pleasing, whatever it is, people in our lives can become friction. They can just feel like something that's getting in the way. So every micro choice is moving us to an upward spiral of feeling good, functioning well and relating better or moving down, not feeling so good, not functioning so well and relationships become really hard. So how do expectations play into this? Expectations have a significant impact on every aspect of our well-being, the way that we feel about ourselves and others, the way that we're functioning, the way that we're contributing and the way that we're showing up in relationships all are impacted by our expectations. And our expectations are stories that we tell ourselves about how things should be. It's a narrative. It's something that we've made up. It's a script about how things should be. And as we know, life very rarely goes towards the script. So I'd love to start with a story. I love to share this story because it really highlights how our expectations can get in the way and can have a really negative impact on relationships. So years ago, I left the city of Melbourne to move to Toowoomba, which is regional in Queensland, so I could be closer to my then boyfriend, John, who lived on a property that was about three hours from the school that I was teaching at. So each Friday afternoon, I used to drive the three hours to be with him on the farm And then on a Monday morning, I still can't believe I used to do this, but on a Monday morning at three or four o'clock, I used to get up and drive the three hours to get back to school to work for that full week. So this was that pattern for that 12 months, work during the week, go out to the farm on the weekend, work during the week. And I was young and I had the energy to do it. And as the weeks unfolded, I really wanted a chook house. I wanted chickens. You know, this fantasy of living on a farm and having a vegetable garden and having chickens That's what I was working towards. And one day when I just finished work, John called and said, oh, the boys and I have been working on something. We've got a surprise for you. And I thought, yes, finally, I'm going to get a chook house. This Friday, this weekend, chook house, here we go. And so that week I was telling my students that, guys, this weekend I'm going to get a chook house. I'll show you the photos when I get back. I was telling everyone in the office about the chook house. And as every hour went on, the chook house became more detailed in my mind. It was so 
real. It was so vivid. I could see the chickens. I could see the types of chickens. I was so invested in this story of the chook house. And so Friday afternoon came and I was so excited to finish school, to get in the car, drive the three hours, get to the driveway. It was dark by then, put the headlights on, looking out the back, trying to find the chook house and no chook house. But then a part of me thought, oh, maybe he's just done it in a different part. Maybe it's around the back. So here I am driving all around the house trying to find this chook house because I had the expectation that a brand new chook house with chooks would be ready to go. And I walked in and John said, come into the kitchen, come into the kitchen. I've got a surprise for you. And I walked into the kitchen and I'm thinking, where's the chook house? Like, no, there's, there's no chook house. I haven't built you a chook house. I didn't say it was a chook house, but in my head I'm thinking, oh, oh, so if it's not a chook house, what is the surprise? I don't know what it is. And John is so excited. He's smiling. He's so happy. He's so proud of himself. He's in the kitchen. He's like, look, look, look what I've done for you. And as I'm looking around thinking, I can't see any difference. There's no change here. <laughs> and John said, it's the sink. I've changed the sink. Ah, you changed the sink. Oh, right. So here I am in my mind trying to recalibrate, thinking, oh, gosh, I thought it was a chook house, not a sink. And then John was really disappointed. He's like, oh, I thought you'd be really happy. It's a really good sink. There's two parts to it. It's stainless steel. There's a mixer tap. Like I've worked hard on this sink and I'm just thinking, oh, my God, why would you get me a sink? Do you want me to just stand here and wash up and do all your cooking? And it just accelerated. It just, we just, I just lost it in my mind because my expectation was a chook house. Never did I think once in the hours leading up to that, that it would be a new sink. And here John is thinking, oh, I've done such a good thing. I've got this brand new sink. I've put it in. She's been complaining about the hot and cold water. We've got a mixing tap. How fantastic is this? And, oh, we look back on it and laugh now. And John always loves the disclaimer that it was a really good sink. So it was a good sink. It just didn't meet my expectations because the story I had was that we're going to have a chook house with new chooks. And can you see how this plays out in our life all the time? We have a story of how things should be and then we're presented with a completely different narrative, a completely different reality, and then we have to navigate it. Then we have to manage it. We need to look at reality as it is and then check in with our expectations. Was that fair? Was that appropriate? Was that even realistic? Was it realistic for me to expect from a Wednesday to a Friday, brand new chook house and chooks? Probably not. But I wasn't checking my reality then because I was already hooked in to the fantasy. And what we know is that fantasies, if we hold on to them too tightly, they can become a nightmare because we think it's going to be better when. When I move house, it's going to be better. In the new house, it's going to be better. Or in schools, we can say, oh, when I move schools, it's going to be so much better at that new school because they've got better resources, better leadership, you know, this fantasy of it will be better when, and then you get to the when and the honeymoon period wears off and then you realize, oh, there's some challenges here because there's always going to be challenges. This is life. Life is messy. Life is also magic, but a lot of it is messy and learning to embrace the mess learning to accept reality as it is, is a skill. Because once we can accept reality as it is, 
then we can make better choices. Then we can navigate this gap instead of living in the gap, feeling frustrated that no one is reaching your expectations. Life isn't measuring up to how you think it should be. You aren't measuring up to how you think you should be. And that can be such an uncomfortable and disempowering spot to be. So thinking about your expectations and your reality and managing that gap. And when it comes to expectations, let's look at a few different categories. The first one is time. How realistic are you when it comes to time? How well do you manage your time? Are you someone who says, yeah, that'll take me two minutes? But we all know that two minutes will take two hours or maybe even two days. Are you good at judging time or do you live on imaginary time? This is something that I've learned about myself. I have a tendency to work on imaginary time. Yep, I can get that done. I can get that done. I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. And the reality is I can't. I have two young children. We live in a family. I've got a business to run. I've got expectations around how I want to show up as a parent. I want to be able to exercise, I want to eat some decent food. So all of this takes time. And so we need to get in touch with reality when it comes to time instead of running on imaginary time. A way that this can show up in our lives is our to-do list. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, their to-do list is their love language. Like They absolutely love their lists and that's fantastic. But we need to be realistic when it comes to our list. Not this dream list of every possible thing you could do in the world and then you get to the end of the day and you're disappointed. So looking at our list and then thinking about within this day, what is possible? Considering the way that I'm feeling today, so how charged my battery is, when it comes back to those five basic elements, sleep, move, nourish, rest, connect, how much can I get done today? What is my capacity? Can I get three things off this list? Because we need to get in touch with time expectations. What's realistic? When you say to someone, I'll be there in 10 minutes, are you really going to be there in 10 minutes? Do you need to leave longer? You know, I've got an example about this just last week. I'm getting some new photos done by the beautiful Femims and I knew that I had plenty of time to get there. And so I had my outfits, had my shoes, I was all organised in the car. I knew it would take an hour to get to the location but once I got to location I hadn't accounted for the parking being difficult. I hadn't accounted for finding it difficult to actually find the studio. So I hadn't taken that into consideration. And so the time that I got out of the car, I was in a flap. And once I'm in a flap, it's hard. And then I'm thinking, I don't want to get a parking ticket. So I need to pay for my parking. And then the parking doesn't take card and it needs cash, but I don't have cash. And I've got all these clothes in my hands. And then I finally get to the studio and then I realize I don't have my shoes. That actually forgot my shoes at home. And I've only got these outfits. I'm at a photo shoot, no shoes. Oh my God. And it's because I was just all out of whack with my time. I assumed that it would only take an hour, but really I needed to give myself an hour and a half. But because I didn't give myself an hour and a half, I was under pressure. And once we're under pressure, we start to spin the wheels. We can't make good decisions. We get overwhelmed. And so I went on, did the photo shoot. It all worked out. Obviously there was no shoes in the photo shoot and we had a laugh about it. And once I got back down to the car, guess what was in the car? My shoes. And it's just an example of what happens when we're out of touch with reality. These time expectations really play into our dynamics and our relationships when we say we'll be there at five, 
but we know we're not really going to be there at five. It's closer to 5.30. So we need to get into a habit of under-promising and over-delivering. So say to somebody, I'll be there at 5.30, knowing that you'll hopefully be there a little bit earlier, really getting in touch with how long tasks really take. So when your leader comes to you and says, oh, I really want you to implement that new student wellbeing program, you can say, great, realistically, it's probably going to take three years. The time the wellbeing coordinator gets to know the context, finds the gaps where we need to implement new things, the time we have teacher training, the time we get students on board, everything takes time. And so I hope that you start to notice your time expectations. And are your time expectations holding you back? Are your time expectations creating some friction in your relationships because you say it's just going to be two minutes, but it's 15 minutes? You say you're going to be on a phone call for five minutes, but it ends up being half an hour. And can you bring those expectations in line with reality more often? Can you have a bit of a reality check on your time instead of running on this imaginary time because it can be really frustrating for ourselves because we never get anything done or we feel like we're not getting anything done because our expectations are just unrealistic. And it can be really frustrating for the people that we work with because we're saying, yes, we can do that. Yes, we can do that. But the reality is we just do not have time. So learning to check in with ourselves The next category of expectations that can really trip us up is our expectations of other people. How often do we think they should know better? I can't believe they did that. If they just did X, Y, Z, my life would be better. We have expectations of other people. And often the way that we look at other people is a way that we look at ourselves. So we do things a certain way. And so therefore, we expect other people to do things a certain way. However, we do certain things based on our values, what's important to us, and that's how we shape our behavior. And other people are doing their thing based on their values and what's important to them. And so sometimes there's a disconnect and we need to be able to give people the benefit of the doubt. We need to be able to cut people some slack and remind ourselves that other people are not mind readers. If we have an expectation, we need to articulate that. We need to share that with other people. And it's really quite unfair and unkind to expect people to be different, to expect people to behave in ways that are appropriate to you. And the reality is we're all different. We all behave in different ways and everybody is doing the best they can with what they've got. I remember when a lecturer told me this years ago when we were talking about students and the parent dynamic And the lecturer saying, Meg, people are always doing the best they can with what they've got. And my first initial response was, that's the best. That's the best they've got. And as I've got older, I realized, yeah, because it is so hard to be human. I think about getting the boys out in the morning to get them to kinder and daycare. I feel like I have run a marathon just to get them out the door. And then there are times I get there and I've forgotten a jumper. I've forgotten a drink bottle. I've forgotten spare tracksuit pants. And it happens. It's messy. And so we need to be with this reality that other people have a life. Other people have pressures. Other people have pressures that we have no idea about. I remember once I was at school coaching a netball final. I think there were seniors, so year 11 and 12. And I looked over to the other coach and the other coach was on the phone. 
And this wasn't a time where lots of people were on their phones. It was quite a rare thing for somebody to be on a phone back then. And I could not believe it. My expectations were, if you're coaching, you're coaching, you're present, you're watching, you're involved in the game. You are not on the phone. So straight away, my story was, oh, what a lazy coach. I can't believe she's on the phone. How embarrassing. Obviously, she doesn't care about the game. And this is what went on in my head. So that was my story about the opposition coach for the whole game. We went on to win the game. So naturally, my evidence was built up and I confirmed my bias that useless coach can't believe she answered the phone. And later that night, I was sharing this story with dad. And dad said, Meg, have you ever thought that she may have young children? and the young children haven't been picked up or someone's got injured or someone's unwell, I thought, no, I hadn't thought of it because in my world that wasn't a current reality for me. I had no one that was dependent on my time or no one who was expecting me to be home or managing their schedule. I didn't have any dependence and so it didn't occur to me that that coach may have been navigating something really tricky and they had no other choice but to be on the phone while coaching. So this is where we need to really look beyond what we see and check and revise the stories that we're making up about ourselves and others. And when people behave in certain ways, that's on them. You know, when we get into this habit of recreational complaining, it's something that happens everywhere where people get into a habit of just complaining. It's a recreational activity that they just complain So if your expectation is that they're going to stop complaining, you're going to be disappointed because Sally always complains. Let's just use the example. Every time you see Sally in the corridor, you know if she catches you, she's going to complain for 20 minutes. So that's the reality. That's going to happen. And you're only going to get frustrated if you think, oh, I can't believe Sally's complaining again. Can you believe Sally caught me in the corridor? All she does is complain. I was there for at least 20 minutes and I didn't get a word in. Well, we need to go back to one of Dr. Phil's famous quotes, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So we need to align our expectation and reality. If Sally always complains in the corridor, chances are Sally's always going to complain in the corridor. So then we're in touch with reality. That is the reality. Sally complains. It's a recreational, it's predictable, it's a pattern. Now, once we're in line with reality, we get to make a choice. We get to take deliberate action. Will I stop and have that 20-minute conversation that I've always had? Or will I say, hi, Sally, great to see you. I've only got five minutes and have a five-minute conversation. Or Sally, I've got to keep going to class. I'll swing back and talk to you later. What choices are you going to make considering your reality? And this is huge at the moment when it comes to illness. This is a tough season. So many people are feeling crappy. We have got the flu going around. We have got multiple viruses. And of course, we've got COVID. There is so much illness going around at the moment. For me, I had the flu probably about six to seven weeks ago now, and it took me out for two weeks. I was absolutely flawed. And so my expectations had to be really reduced because I just didn't have the energy. My body just wanted to rest. And so that's all I did. And I had to trust that when my body was feeling better, that I would have the energy to do things again and not push it, have that ability to listen to our body and then take deliberate action. And when COVID came along, for me, it was only a few days of feeling rubbish and then I came good. And so just trusting the process that your body will work through it. 
You may need support. You may need medication. But at the end of the day, we need to constantly tweak our expectations. We can't have the same expectations on ourselves when we've got the flu or we've got this lingering fatigue as a time when we're feeling up and about and our batteries charge. Now, for me, I was out of my normal routine between the flu and COVID for about six to seven weeks and I was feeling pretty crappy. And I noticed that downward spiral. My functioning was becoming impaired. I was tired. It was hard to make decisions. And then relationships just got a little bit more strange because I just didn't have the energy. But now I've been back to my normal routine for two weeks, back into my exercise every day, back to doing all the things, and I feel so much better. And the quality of my thinking is so much better. So I'm feeling good. I'm functioning well, and I'm relating better to others. It's so much easier now to be present with other people, but that's a dance of navigating our expectations. When we're feeling unwell, we need to ask for help. We need support. We need to just watch a little bit of Netflix episode by episode by episode because that's what we need in that moment. So when it comes to managing expectations, we need to be kind. We need to be fair. Everybody at the moment is at their max. Everybody's bandwidth is completely taken up. And if we add this layer of expectation, what it can do is just lead us towards disconnection. Disconnection to ourselves because we're never happy with what we're doing and disconnection to others because we're always unhappy about what they're doing. There's so much blame. And so let's move beyond that. Let's really think about this permission to be human. When we give ourselves permission to be human, we give other people permission to be human too. I remember one day when I was in year 12, I was a prefect. And for some reason, I had in my mind that prefect means perfect. And I have to be perfect at everything and be on point all the time with sport, with academics, with everything, with my bow in the hair, everything. And I just felt this pressure and the pressure didn't come from home. It just came from this environment of feeling like you had to be on, you had to perform, you had to perfect, you had to please. And I remember walking through the door one day and looking at dad and dad just smiled at me and said, Meg, you can't kick 10 every day. And it was a moment of, oh, wow, you can't kick 10 every day. So I am giving you the same permission. And for the people who don't live in Victoria and don't understand AFL, the reference is you can't kick 10 goals every day. Some days you're just going to sit on the bench. Some days you might get on the ground and you may have a little bit of an impact. And some days you will kick 10. And this is what I mean about permission to be human. Permission to just show up. To show up when you're feeling unwell by asking for help. When you're feeling good, to reach out to other people, to check in how other people are going, to really navigate this gap between expectation and reality. The more we can bring our reality and expectations together, the more opportunity we have for joy because we can laugh. We can say, oh, that's predictable. That's going to happen instead of getting attached to the drama. And can you believe they did that? Moving away from that drama and towards this, of course, this is how life is. Life is messy. And now within this mess, what can I do? What choice can I make? How can I improve the quality of my reality? Or how can I reduce my expectations? And as high performers who don't like the idea of reducing, 
but how can my expectations be a little bit kinder? How can they be in connection with reality? Because this is the gold. If we can give ourselves permission to be human, we can give it to others. And the more that we can do that, the more we can be in touch with reality as it is and then step forward with more consistent action. So the next time you notice yourself feeling frustrated or disappointed or resentful, ask yourself, what was my expectation? And then look at what your reality. And then the next question is, considering this reality as it is, what deliberate action can I take to move myself towards thriving? Because at the end of the day, if it's to be, it's up to me. Life is beautiful, it's brutal, it's messy, and it's magic. So take the time to notice the gap and navigate that gap towards more joy and connection. I hope this episode has provided you with a framework and a process to manage your expectations with a little bit more grace and compassion. To learn how I can help you thrive, visit openmindeducation.com and there you'll be able to book me to speak at your next event or inquire about my game-changing wellbeing program, Thrive by Design. Before you go, I invite you to complete two sentences. Number one, from this episode, I want to remember, what is your pearl? And number two, the action I'm going to take in the next 24 hours to support my wellbeing is. If you love this episode, share it with someone you think would benefit from listening. To find out about my live event, make sure you subscribe to my Thought of the Week newsletter. You can find all the links from this episode at openmindeducation.com forward slash episode 45. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Wellbeing and I look forward to sharing more heartfelt conversations with you next week.